0: It's the week that was with Joe Palmisano.
1: It is June. It is June 1st, 2019. It's still light at 9 o'clock at night. It's warm. Yeah, I love it. It is 63 degrees outside right now. Welcome to another exciting episode of the week that was in last week's episode. You recall, we were preparing for Memorial Day weekend and our fifth annual Memorial Day show that aired this past Monday and honored all the men and women of Stark County who have been inducted into the Ohio Military Hall of Fame of Valor. If you didn't hear that live, by the way, you can go to WHBC.com. It is archived on my show page and the show page of Pam Cook it isn't it's an inspiring story or series of stories regardless of when you hear it and i want to thank a big thank you to all those who were involved in making it possible all the vets everybody who was involved in making that possible also in last week's episode if you recall john bosica was Preparing to bring you the Louisville Leopards softball tournament game, which they won, and they won again yesterday, kind of in dramatic fashion. Uh, it was two to two at the end of six. It correct? was. It was. And then they uh, pulled ahead in the seventh inning, which is the final inning in softball.
0: Uh, it was actually the bottom of the sixth.
1: Oh, it was the bottom of the sixth that they did it.
0: Yeah, so they pulled ahead in the bottom of the sixth. They hit two solo home runs and. Wow. Uh, Then they went into the top of the seventh and took care of business.
1: Congratulations to the ladies uh, of the Louisville Lepp softball team. John, what does that mean for you? So
0: it means they play in the state final today at Firestone Stadium in Akron at 4 p.m.
1: State final? Yeah. Championship.
0: Championship. Let's say
1: championship. Winner
0: winner takes home that little... Trophy with the with the little softball person on the top that's in gold. Really? Yeah, it's there's a gold thing. They, they 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 don't dip it in gold. I wish they did, but it's gold. If you win, you get the gold. If you lose, you get the silver. Well, so you well, want to take home the gold? How, how is Lakota East? Uh they're good. Uh, I don't know that they're
1: as good
0: as Louisville. I really don't. I had a...
1: And then did I hear Central Catholics in the final?
0: Uh, Central Catholic. The baseball team is in a regional. Oh, baseball. Today. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Good. So you're going to bring us that.
0: Yeah, I'll On bring the, the stream game this afternoon at four o'clock. Yeah,
1: four o'clock. All right. It'll be
0: an exciting afternoon. Get
1: Good. your popcorn. You you like you like doing that? I mean, oh, going I to Firestone Stadium. Oh, is... Oh,
0: it's so great. I know. It gets so loud there. I mean, because they have. They have an overhang. If you've never been there, there's the overhang. Yes. And because of that, all the sound that comes into that place just reverberates back at you.
1: Absolutely. I've been there a hundred times, so thousands like, of times.
0: If you're doing a game there, it's like it, it seems like there's like 100,000 people there.
1: It almost seems like sitting in Firestone Stadium feels like you are sitting in watching a league of their own. It does have that feel to it.
0: It's great. That's it, a great comparison. There
1: is nothing like it because it's it was built what back in the my dad played in it when he was working for Goodyear and he pitched on their or he played first base on their softball team
0: yeah and if as I was telling you if you go into the basement of the stadium they have the softball hall of fame down there and they have all the old uniforms they have I was looking down there yesterday. They had a uniform that said B.F. Goodrich on it. Yes. I was thinking to myself, that's just, you know.
1: That was my dad's team. Classic. <laughs> classic stuff. That is funny. That is amazing. Oh, and uh, so congratulations to the Louisville Leopards, and, and I wish them luck going forward. Uh, what happened on June 1st in history? Be surprised. 1967. 1967. The Beatles. And I remember this. This is crazy. I remember this coming out. The Beatles released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band on this date in 1967. Sold 8 million copies worldwide. In 1968, uh, the famous blind and deaf author, Helen Keller, who became the world's most famous speaker, a uh, political activist and author she died on this date in 1968 and in 1944 the british broadcasting network aired the coded message to underground resistance fighters in france to inform the french resistance that the d day invasion was imminent on this date they sent out the message what was the message it was coded I remember I remember this from I love watching movie historic movies Molasses tomorrow will bring forth cognac Molasses tomorrow will bring forth cognac what they did was they would go on the BBC would go on to on the on the network and broadcast to the to the French resistance a series of lines, maybe five ten of them, just saying these lines over and over and over again, and they always waited for the one code word, and the code word was molasses tomorrow will bring forth cognac.
0: if you're somebody that that happened to catch that transmission that like wasn't part of that, could you imagine if you were like sitting there and you were like, molasses tomorrow?'
1: What the hell does that mean? That was what they hoped the Germans would say when they, they were, were just listening. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: we have a war going on here and they're talking about molasses yeah. and cognac.
1: And that was, the, that was it. The brilliance of it, though. That was it. And then five days later, uh, after some bad weather, which delayed the landing, five days later, Allied forces uh, would invade Nazi occupied France. So that's interesting. Um, back to this week, though. Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller officially closed his office, took down his shingle, and officially ended his over-two-year investigation in the Russian involvement in 2016 elections. In doing so, he said he would not comment any further and that his report was all that needed to be said. The initial investigation ended on a completely different topic than the one intended in collusion, has become obstruction but obstruction of what let's look at this a little bit today what started out as a GoFundMe project to help our government fund a border barrier between the US and Mexico has tuned in turned turned into a comprehensive private endeavor that is actually now building the wall I don't know if you folks have heard this but a private entity is actually building the wall with private funds. And as a team, uh, this was a dream of a a U.S. Air Force veteran, Brian Kolbodge. It actually started becoming a reality this week, as approximately two miles of the barrier, exactly like the one President Trump desires, was built on private land near El Paso. Now, this is one of the busiest areas for smuggling, for people, for smuggling drugs. It's an area that that is probably dominated and very easy to cross. And they just completed a two-mile barrier that basically closes that whole thing off. Colfage has raised $22 million thus far and has taken the project on himself. Today at 10. We're going to speak with Jennifer Lawrence, the National Spokesperson and Communications Director of We Build the Wall. To hear how this was begun, how it has morphed into actually putting the money into use, this is going to be a very interesting discussion. So I've, I've wanted to talk to them a while on how they're doing this. 37 people, <clears throat> ex-students, ex-athletes at Ohio State University. We've talked about this. And the lid is finally blowing off of this thing. Have filed a suit against Ohio State University and many of its officials in relations to the abuse scandal involving a longtime team physician. What is different about this lawsuit, and there's been three others before that, is that this is the first one in which 26 former Buckeye football players, the highest profile sport in the school, are involved. So we're going to discuss what this means. We're going to discuss this with John Bazica today and you. I have many more stories, many more stories, including a surprise when a gentleman opened lifted the lid of his toilet. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have the latest sports with John Bazica, the latest news with J. David Russ, our trifecta contest, and much, much more stay tuned the week there was will continue right after this you don't know this sooner or later love is gonna get you sooner or later you got to get it you didn't know or think i knew that (laughs) that's good that's good thing that's a good message to send out this morning love is gonna get you That's not Love and Spoonful. <laughs> All right. I, I, I hate to switch from something like that. It is 64 degrees outside to something like this, but I must. This happened last night, and since this is the week that was, and that was part of the week, um, the largest mass shooting of the year took place yesterday, last night, I believe. Uh, in a municipal building in Virginia Beach, uh, the municipal center, uh, a man walked in, a, a former employee walked in with a forty five caliber handgun with a sound suppressor on it, uh, shot one victim, victim in an automobile outside of the building, and then went inside and shot and killed 11 more, wounded, injured four others. Uh, actually, it was Friday afternoon. He did this yesterday afternoon. So it was the largest mass shooting of this year. Um, again, I don't know how much you're going to hear about this. You you will hear about it, but it uh, definitely won't make 24-hour news as they move on to other things now. We kind of let these things fly off of us. But this is something that is tragic. It wasn't a semi-automatic weapon. Uh, It was a 45-millimeter or 45-caliber handgun with a noise suppressor on it, but obviously had enough shots in it to do a pretty good job. Um, Sad day. Virginia Beach. They're obviously mourning this. And uh, the shooter, by the way, was killed also. Police got in a gunfight with police, fired back at them, and uh, he was killed. So I, w- I wanted to bring that up to you today. Um, how about this story? I wanted to get into How much time we have, Stephen? Oh, it's time for a break. <laughs> I'll get into it later. When we come back. Uh, we're going to get into sports with John Bezica. We're going to talk some things about this lawsuit, uh, about some other things about the softball tournament, his feelings there. Where I wonder where he sits when he does it. They have a press box there. We'll talk to him. We'll find out from John Bezica. Oh, I think we're going to have our contest, too, when we come back. So be prepared. Be very prepared. It is contest time for you and me and Julio down by the schoolyard. It is contest time, and this is a Beach Boys-themed contest, trivia contest. I'm going to give you the titles of three songs. Later on in the show, we are going to play sound bites of each of the Beach Boys songs, and you have to tell me... What the title is. Ooh. I better leave about 20 minutes for this. What do you think?
0: I mean, unless you're playing, like, the really obscure songs off of all their albums. Well,
1: but I'm giving the answers right now to the songs. Sure. So you you have to match the three up. Here is the first answer. Fun, fun, fun. They really thought hard about that title. I know. Fun, fun, fun. That is the first answer. Second answer is, I get around. I get around. Third answer is, surfing safari. Surfing safari. So, your three answers for today. Fun, fun, fun. I get around. And surfing safari.
0: They tried to go on an actual safari, but it killed the lost member of the Beach Boys. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I don't remember any lost member. But there was a four-pack. You get, you would win a four-pack of tickets, vouchers, to the Akron Rubber Ducks to any regular season game of your choice this year. So that's a big prize and a summer trivia contest. John. Joe. It's Stephen. It's coming to pass. The 37... This is a fourth lawsuit now by the way. I don't know if you real people realize that because the other ones were kind of obscured. Yeah, because they weren't football players. Isn't that funny? How it's now come out now 26 football players.
0: It's just it's I mean it's not too late because they're going to accomplish some things with this, but I wish this would have happened 20 maybe 30 years ago when this guy was still there and when he was still alive so that he could have been a part of this and not now some years after he's passed.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm looking at people who have passed. Uh, all, there, there's more than, I think the, the doctor passed away, but also some other people have passed away since then. And uh, But uh, this is a mess. I mean, you're talking about this this suit reaches out. It puts coaches, administrators, and others on the witness witness stand including Jim Jordan, the member of the United States House of Representatives, who was an assistant wrestling coach. So all these people will have to go on the witness stand. My question to you is, again, I will say this again, when does the NCAA get involved?
0: I don't know. I don't know when they do. I mean, I would have thought by now they would have, but apparently not. Probably once stuff starts happening and they start putting this trial like into motion and people start testifying and certain people start speaking out, I'm sure the NCAA will feel compelled then to say something. I, I, don't, I don't know, though, because as I said, I think because this guy isn't actively there anymore, I think that kind of takes the NCAA out of it for some reason. Why? I don't know why, because... Again, it's stuff that's happened, but because he's not working there anymore and he's not an employee there anymore...
1: either was Jerry Sandusky.
0: But people that were there were still tied to him. I bet there's still people at Ohio well, State. Well, and that'll come out in the trials. Hopefully that'll come out. Yeah. But until, that, until they find that connection... Because you have to think. I mean, people at, at Penn State... I mean, Joe Paterno was linked to him. Uh, Graham Spanier was linked to him. Yes. The coaches and and other players were linked to him that were part of the coaching staff that were there i mean that that spread program wide at that point not that this doesn't but
1: this 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 spans programs wide not this spans wrestling every other sport
0: well and the question becomes you know now that you are in this position who's still left on a coaching staff that might have known about it who's still a coach that coaches there that might know about it. That's a head coach, and and I would imagine that number is pretty small because there's been a lot of turnover at Ohio State in the last ten years. So I don't know how many of those people are there, but the people that might know about it now are like trainers that have been there for a long time, or you know, people. Well, that have, the
1: the head trainer has passed away
0: too. So see, I mean, all of the people that could be tied to this guy
1: are gone. Yeah. So it so it's okay.
0: But it's not okay. No, <laughs> no it's not. I get it. I get it. it it's just that. <laughs> You know, Penn State had avenues that the NCAA could take. I don't know that Ohio State has that.
1: Okay, I, I, I um, the the other part of this that that troubles me is that there were th- three other lawsuits before this that didn't include football players, and those were kind of like, oh, well, S- they're lawsuit-
0: swept under the rug.
1: <laughs> now all of a sudden, there's 26 football players, and it becomes national news, and it becomes uh, Im- suddenly important. What? that That is troubling to me in itself. No, it, it should be troubling. But again,
0: football will always take the cake, no matter what is going on. Abuse is abuse. It should be. But in the case of college sports, football will always come in first. I guess. And no matter what the school is, they, they you could insert any big division one school that has won a number of national championships and if it was the gymnastics team that was involved in it or the rowing team that was involved in it it wouldn't be as big as if the football team was
1: okay here's the next question before we go to break had penn state been the exact same scenario with an assistant rest former assistant wrestling coach Uh uh-huh Abusing the same number of boys, sure. Would there have been the penalties that ended up happening because of football? I doubt it.
0: I, I mean, I, I'm I'm just being honest. Yeah, because I don't see the NCAA taking that and making as big an example of it. Because yeah. wrestling is a big sport to the people that follow wrestling, but ultimately to. You and I and maybe ten people walking down the street.
1: So they would have. It probably would have never even come to anything.
0: It would have come to big news, probably in the local papers at State
1: College. But the NCAA would have avoided sixty million dollar fine. Yeah, you wouldn't have
0: heard as much about it. Yeah, and because it's Joe Paterno again, big name, huge name, the most you know, one of the best coaches that ever coached in college football was involved. Yeah, that was immediate. NCAA opens that door, walks in, full fledged, trying to get everything they can out of it. Yeah, and that's not right because it should be different. But that's how they
1: treat situations. Very interesting when you think about it in those terms.
0: Now I may be wrong about that. There no, may be I don't think out there you're who wrong. Completely disagree with me. but I don't think you're wrong. Just knowing I, the NCAA,
1: that's how they would handle I it. I don't think you're wrong, and the media would not have been all over it either. It would have been a two day story and. We're moving on. We're yeah, the, moving on.
0: They would have had a general assignment reporter in yeah. state college that would have covered it. Might Absolutely. have gotten, might have gotten one blip on ESPN, and that's about it.
1: I know. I agree. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about uh, EA Sports and the video game, Ooh. the college NCAA video game, which I miss, by the way. It was the best video game. Yes. We'll be right back. The Toitals, right? Oh, that's Love and Spoonful? Huh. That was a Toidles. <laughs> the Toidles? Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, the movie um, Cinderella Man with Jim Braddock when he comes oh, home he says, <laughs> I won like the a... title, and the kids thought I said Toytles. That's so such I a had to bring him Toidles. I love that movie. I know. Cool. Um, did you know I'm a big fan of EA games?
0: I know you love Madden.
1: Oh. You know, I'm in the top one percent of all and I play with the Cleveland Browns. The old Cleveland Browns.
0: I would say that's not really a, a big accomplishment anymore if you played with them now, but if you play with the old Cleveland Browns. I
1: play with the old Cleveland Browns with Hugh Jackson as the head coach. Yeah. <laughs> and I am the top one percent of in winning percentage. See uh, that's
0: that's a big deal.
1: And and I kick people's butt. Like who's your starting quarterback right now? Still, but it's Baker Mayfield. Oh, it's Baker. It was okay. last year. Nick Chubb is there. Okay, you so know, so you've it's got, pretty you've good. Got some guys. Yeah. But I, I don't have as much as coming up this year. You've got some dudes. But I notice more people are playing with the Browns now. It's driving me crazy. Because oh, yes. I used to be the only one to play with the Browns. Someone used to be like, how is Deshaun Kaiser throwing so many passes
0: <laughs> that are being completed against Trust me? Trust me,
1: I don't throw a whole lot. I know.
0: you. I've heard you run I'm the run. entire
1: game. I'm run. I'm ground and pound in great defense. Um, but speaking of that, the NCAA football game, which was Hugely popular on, uh, uh, and it hasn't gone into production since uh, 2013. Yeah. And the reason it stopped, because it was embroiled in lawsuits and controversy. Of course. Over the NCAA's profits off amateur likenesses. Because what they were doing was, uh, they obviously go in and they put talent, they put, you know, these people that develop these games are brilliant. (laughs)
0: It's like when you play with Ohio State and they had Terrell Pryor. Yeah. But it was quarterback number two.
1: Right. But it was Terrell Pryor. And it had his qualities.
0: Yeah, all of his qualities.
1: (laughs) And so they, they ended up getting in trouble about this, and so they had to quit making it. But the simple answer is this. Put some money aside for the players. Don't pay them now. If you're going to use somebody's likeness, and and I would like them to use a likeness, let's go in and say, we're going to put the number of that kid. We're going to put Pryor on his back. We're going to put, we're going to make whoever the star player is for Ohio State or Alabama or whatever, we're going to actually use that image. And then we're going to put that money aside. And when that player graduates.
0: Then they get that profit.
1: They get that profit.
0: I think that's an interesting concept. I actually like that. I've never been for it when a player is still in school. But I like that idea of when school is done, then give it to them. Because I'm sure there's going to be a large, small, you know, a large but <laughs> smaller sum of cash of of what's raked in. Well, you,
1: know? you, could, you could combine multiple things. You could combine jersey sales. Mm-hmm. You can combine... uh anything that has that person's likeness jersey whatever you put that money aside and that money goes into a, a a pool at the end a trust the thing is how
0: are you going to account for let's say a lineman
1: you don't too bad it's just it's it's a fact if the schools make not making money on the lineman then,
0: but, but, the lineman in the game would still have the likeness of the lineman, like you know left tackle number seventy seven or like well,
1: yeah, and he would get they you he know he would get
0: whatever the small sum of that is,
1: well, yeah, you could say this with the game, hey, we're gonna go ahead and we're, we're gonna give it to everybody on that team, we're gonna pull it, and it's gonna have everybody on that team, anybody whose likeness is used gets a cut of that money and it's set aside at ohio state and given to those players at the end now jersey sales are a different matter obviously the the quarterback's going to sell more than the offensive tackle but but put all those monies aside and create a trust for that player that's paid upon graduation when his eligibility is over
0: so when let's say i'm just trying to think out loud here trying to think of a player that's played recently so when demario mccall uh graduates or finishes at Ohio State this coming year. That means that if this was the case, there would be a McCall trust fund. Mm -hmm. And at the end of his graduation, upon receiving his diploma, he'd go to the athletic department and get an envelope and say, here's your trust fund. Yes. And none of that would be seen in the time that he's in college. No. I like that.
1: I think that's great. That way you pay players, you you reward players, and you could take out for costs and stuff like you would anything else. I mean, there's a cost of running a store and selling it and and doing those things. So you, the profit isn't all of it, but it's, you it's know. It's a
0: percentage.
1: The, yeah, and the more you sell in your likeness, the more you make. And that keeps players from going out and selling their autographs because they want the school to do it so that they get the trust money. It keeps people from doing other things that may not be legal, Um. Under the NCAA, knowing that they're going to get that at the end of their time.
0: And I think that would finally maybe solve the problem that a lot of people like myself have with playing or paying a player just up front in college. I've never been a fan of that, but I believe that, you know, once you graduate, you're no longer a student of the Ohio State University.
1: And you haven't gotten any money. You just got to trust at the end.
0: Yeah. Because it's it's almost like a reward for saying you've completed your four years. And, and
1: if you're a great player who sells a lot of jerseys and, and all that stuff and sells a lot of memorabilia and things, my goodness, you could walk out of there with $100,000. What a great way to start your life.
0: Well, and if that's the case, too, there's going to be some of those players that aren't good enough to make it in the NFL, so that's going to benefit them in whatever venture they have. Bingo. Bless you. Excuse me. Thank you. All right, we gotta go, don't we, Stephen? But it's a great idea, isn't it? No, I like that. That's that's one of the most tasteful ideas involving giving college athletes some cut of what they deserve that I've heard.
1: See, I, I, I wish I was in charge of the NCAA. Of course, if I was in charge of it, I'd disband it first. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. The well, week that screwed was, if you're in charge. <laughs> the week that was will continue right after this. Our number two of the week that it was, it is 69 degrees outside. You're looking for a high today of uh, 82, but showers, thunder showers, storms. Special counsel Robert Mueller uh, officially hung up his shield, his shield, his shingle his uh closes office and resigned as special counsel this past week officially uh with that he said that uh, he was done talking about the investigation that he couldn't add anything more than what was in his report um he um uh, didn't go as far, he he said, obviously, there wasn't a collusion, which was the initial part of the investigation, that he found no collusion by anybody in the Trump administration, any part of the campaign. Um, but, you know, he could not, it goes beyond the scope of the special counsel to get into into obstruction. So he left kind of the door open and said, basically, if you want to find a, find out if there was obstruction, you have to impeach, because that's the way it it goes. You can't. That was not part of his role. But let's look at obstruction. Really, I mean, really look at it and think about this from a from a true perspective. First. Let's go back to the beginning of this whole thing. You have a made-up dossier by Richard Steele that was paid for, and we know these. These are facts, folks, so this is not made-up stuff. But let's go back to the very beginning of this. You have a made-up dossier that was paid for, we know, by the Democratic Party and by the Hillary Clinton campaign. We know that. Along with FBI agents and others who openly opposed Trump and, and were pro-Hillary Clinton. We know that from text messages and everything else. Then they turn around and use the fake dossier which again was funded by the Clinton campaign and spearheaded by these FBI higher-ups to get wiretaps and other deep surveillance approved by the FISA court. So they took this dossier, which we know wasn't true. They took the dossier, they take it to the FISA court, which is a court that orders and allows all this surveillance to take place. You can't do it without them. So they used a made-up document to illegally get a FISA court order to surveil members of the Trump, Trump campaign. We know that. Next, the information from the surveillance, which, by the way, again, was allowed under false information and funded by the opposing party, they used that surveillance to appoint a special investigator and his entire army made up of many of the same FBI agents who openly opposed the election of Donald Trump. So they used that to carry out a two-year investigation of anyone and everyone associated with President Trump. Right, that's the basis for the whole thing. Then after two years, over 500 interviews, multiple indictments on things unrelated to collusion, fraud, financial fraud, the whole thing, the investigation reveals that there was no collusion, which is what we were told this was what the investigation was for. So now everything switches from collusion to obstruction of justice. Now think about this. How can you have obstruction of justice, justice, when the entire case that you supposedly obstructed was built on lies, fake documents, illegal searches, and surveillance? How do you obstruct something that wasn't true? Whose justice was being obstructed? How can justice be obstructed when there has been no justice in the entire case? This is what blows me away. I mean, if you think about this from common sense, if you go back, if you take all the emotion out of it and you look at the facts, the text messages between FBI agents, the, the steel dossier that came across that was funded by the Democratic Party that's a fact everybody knows that look it up yourself you look at all these things and you and you see how this has all come together based on a false premise and then when you find out after two years that there was no obstruction or or collusion then you say there was an obstruction So the obstruction was saying that you didn't find anything, that it was based on false premise. So how is there obstruction? Does that make sense? How can justice be obstructed when there was no justice in the case? We have to almost leave this go it's a it, it it's obviously good for for one party to continue to beat this up i don't know if it is ultimately i think if this is the only platform that the democrats run on president trump will win in 2020 they have to come up with ideas other than Trump committed obstruction, and we're going to impeach. We saw what happened with Bill Clinton when they impeached him. It didn't do anything. I think, obviously, um, and, and I'll add this to this before we end, that people on the far left of the party are not going to win this election because they will keep harping on the same things. It will take somebody like Joe Biden to actually run on ideas and character and not run on Trump is evil to win the election for the Democrats. But I just wanted to get through that. I wanted to bring you back to how this all started and what this all means. It's time to let it go. It's time to have ideas. It's time to have the differing ideas from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party and the Republican Party from the Democratic Party instead of this back and forth keeping us uh, jumping from one hoop to the other and taking sides and hating each other and all that stuff. The week that was, we'll continue right after this with more stories. In the short time we have before the bottom of the hour and news and sports, um, I wanted to give my uh, condolences to the, all the people in southern Ohio, especially around the Dayton area, Zanesville, um, Athens, East of Baston, Athens, Bitton County, that whole area that was uh, raked by tornadoes, 20 tornado storm tracks across southern and western Ohio Monday night and early Tuesday. Uh, Three National Weather Service offices continue checking out the damage, changing the status of the devastating tornado to hit the Dayton area to an EF4. Maximum winds 170 miles an hour. That tornado was on the ground for almost 20 minutes. Can you, I mean, 20 miles. Can you believe that? Uh, 170 miles an hour for 20 miles. There were also weaker tornadoes confirmed in southeast Ohio and, and all over. So it was uh, pretty devastating. I mean, we expect tornadoes at this time of year. But I don't think anybody expects a 170 mile tornado or 170 mile an hour tornado to be on the ground for 19, 20 minutes. That's uh, that's tough. A lot of storms. We got some storm. We've got storms coming up today. Uh, storms can bring downpours, large hail, and damaging winds uh, today, this afternoon. So be aware of that as heavy thunderstorms continue to move in. It's that time of year. As When we come back, we've got a whole series of stories we're going to try and get through between the 9, 30, and 10 o'clock hour uh, before we get into our interview with the people, the actual people of We Build the Wall, the private organization that has raised $22 million and has actually turned it into building – the wall, They are building it themselves, and they've actually started building in spite of all the obstacles. So stay tuned. We'll have that at 10. We've got a lot of stories before that, and we've got news and sports coming up right now. I have no idea what that music is.
2: You may find yourself living
1: in a shot. I never even you heard that song. I'm going to go to the phone Get turn that off. Tom!
2: Good morning, how are you?
1: Good, man, how are you?
2: I'm good. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for uh, bringing this all up about uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. there. But don't think for a minute this is over. No, I don't think it's over. They, they've come too many decades to get to where they were right before the election, and they're not going to give up because they're that close, but... I want to see people go to prison to send a message to those politicians that would dare, that would dare try this again, a coup d'etat attempt on our, on our government.
1: Well, and, and, yeah, and I, you know, that's, that's strong, but it's not that far off.
2: No, it's not. And I want to see these major players. This all starts with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. And it goes back even further than that. The only reason Hillary didn't get the presidency when Barack was in there is because they could use Barack's color. But but
1: don't but don't forget this. Out of all this, this is not just Democrats.
2: No, no, not by any means.
1: This is this is all of the entrenched bureaucracy. The deep state, so to speak, and I know a lot of people, when you start talking about this, Tom, it becomes a conspiracy theory. But this is a lot of people at a lot of places, at a lot of levels in every department throughout Washington who wanted to hold who want to hold on and don't want an outsider. Had the Democrats elected an outsider who was different? And I think they're afraid of Joe Biden.
2: I I don't know if they're afraid of Joe Biden. I don't think they think he's strong enough to carry carry the torch. But I think those forty four um, Republican uh, congressmen that that retired I think that was part of giving up the house. Yeah, I really I, do.
1: I, I I don't put anything past it's any no, of them. It, it's, it's not like, about party. It's not about party. It's no. about it's about power. Awesome. It's about power.
2: Yeah. But, uh, no, I think that uh, well, this, uh, this whole thing, it should be taken care of. And I can understand how people would find this so fantastical. You know, why would our government do this, you know? But they don't, they don't know what the end game is. And the end game is to get rid of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and rewrite something else that's total government.
1: You'd, you'd, you'd like to hope that's not true and that we're strong enough to survive that. And I think we are because the people of the United States ultimately will not let that happen.
2: Oh, the sleeper has awoken. I really believe that. Yeah. And I think Donald Trump wins a second term, but you know, then it's what comes after him, is there another attempt? But well, I really think that people need to be indicted, prosecuted and sent to prison to send that strong message and I think Barr's the one to possibly do it. I'm hoping. We'll see. Thanks, Joe.
1: Have a good weekend. Uh. You too, Tom. Take care. All right. Um, we're going to go to break now, Stephen. Get this out of the way, and then uh, I've got a bunch of stories that I'm going to bring John Bazika back in and and Stephen, and we're going to fly through a bunch before the 10 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Some quick stories. Uh, there were over the Memorial Day weekend in in uh, Caga County alone, there were eight overdose Overdose deaths, uh, so that brings the total in Cogga County alone to 18 deaths since May 20th. That's a lot. That's uh, and and 50 percent of those were African Americans. I, I we are you know again we're we're killing an entire generation we're killing young people older people um by allowing this to happen and and i want to dovetail into this story real quick prostitution is being looked at now there's a wave across the country of decriminalizing prostitution um, you look at this, lawmakers across the country are beginning to look at this. Maine has introduced a bill, Massachusetts has introduced a bill, Washington, D.C., um, and New York is going to be next. So many states now are looking at decriminalizing prostitution. You know that I'm a big fan of decriminalizing all drugs. I I just watched a documentary uh, last night and the night before about the mob, the origins of the mob in the United States with Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, (laughs) so on and so forth. And it it, it was really looked deeply into the stories of how they started. They were into petty crime and things until what? Prohibition. Prohibition. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Prohibition and drugs. But prohibition first. They made their money when the United States criminalized alcohol use.
0: I mean, that became the easy money maker, though. That was I mean, easy. Everybody wanted to still drink alcohol.
1: Bingo, and and not only did they want to, they were drawn to more because why? It they was were told illegal. they
0: couldn't. Yeah. That, it's always it's always the the fun when. If you're underage, you know, which, again, you don't want to admit it, but, I mean, you know, before you turned 21, most people have had a beer here or there. Yeah. And it's like there was the fun in it when you were in college to go down and try to drink when you were underage. But then once you became of age, it's not as fun anymore.
1: It's not as big a deal.
0: No, because so, because there was, that, there was that, like, I'm a bit of a criminal here.
1: Yeah, so like, let me ask you two this question. Does criminalizing anything, stop it. Stephen, you're welcome to join in.
0: Typically typically not.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a simple yes or no. Does criminalizing no. anything stop it? No. Okay, does... In your opinion, does it enhance the desire? If you criminalize it? Yes. Yeah, I think it does. All right, is it also... Are any of these things, prostitution, drugs, uh, marijuana, anything, gambling, we've seen gambling now be legalized nationally, is it harmful to the general public? What's more harmful to the general public, illegal drugs or legal drugs? That's a tough question, but think about it. What's more harmful to the general public, illegal drugs or legal drugs?
0: I don't know. Stephen, what do you think? I'd say it's even. Why? Well, you can look at opioids.
1: (laughs) Doctor gives you those, but you can buy them on the street, too. Yeah, but the doctors supposedly, and, and we've cracked down on this, the doctors are 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 offering them less and less, and I know but back in the day, yeah so but but all right,
0: I would say it's illegal drugs that would harm more, yeah, because you don't know what could be in them,
1: illegal, yes, okay, I agree with that for first of all, two things you create you create a criminal environment, right, you create the cartels we created prohibition, the mafia. Yeah. We created that. We're creating cartels that have more wealth than many countries. Wealth brings guns, brings power, brings buying up governments, so to speak. It creates street gangs. Mm -hmm. It gives them the money to fund the gangs and the draw of the money hmm it puts you don't know what you're getting it puts bad drugs out in the market so you have overdoses um it puts dirty needles out it does all that and plus it puts a lot of people in jail prostitution essentially is harmless To the general public but the problem is disease right yeah the problem is law enforcement taking up their time to go after prostitutes and pimps and things so legalizing it what does that do it cleans it up like a human trafficking too yes and I don't know if that's going to correct because of that but i you know the the question is really becomes is it common sense or do you consider it a further breakdown in the morals of our society i personally don't think it's a further breakdown in morals because i think morals everybody has that choice anyway and the moral fabric is going to is going to remain the same it may improve because it's no longer that taboo thing so i'm in favor of decriminalizing prostitution i was in favor of decriminalizing gambling and i'm in favor of decriminalizing drugs and taking them under state and federal control, making sure the purity is good a lot of people will fight me on this and 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 I and they've got great arguments and and I understand especially people who who are in the middle of it all the time but what we're doing when I read stories about eight people eighteen people dying in Cleveland since May 20th and it's, it's happening in Summit County. It's happening here in Stark County. Yeah. And it just continues. What we're doing is not working. Does this make sense? No,
0: it makes total sense. It, it absolutely does. I, I don't know how I feel about <clears throat> decriminalizing prostitution. I don't know where I fall on that.
1: Yeah, why? Why?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something that... Is it going to stop prostitution
1: if we criminalize it?
0: No, it's not, and it's not going to. I mean, it's it's always going to exist. I mean, yeah, so and I it's guess. going
1: to and it's going to be. Um, do you feel like if we if we legalized it that we could put it under more control, so that it wouldn't be somebody out in the street being forced into it by some pimp?
0: I don't know. I just never thought I'd have this discussion. I didn't. I, I never thought someone would. Yeah, be like, I hate
1: to do this to you.
0: No, no. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I never thought I'd. i I'd, I'd, I'd be having this discussion with someone. I didn't. I've never thought of it. I mean, because it's always been something in my mind that's not legal. Right. Right. And and it's never been. It's never been something that in my mind I'm thinking I want to do that someday or I want to try to see what that's like someday. I mean, that's never been like a... No, nor I. You know, I but, mean, but, there's a lot of people that have that, have that, you know, feeling that they want to see, well, what's it like to do that? Yeah. You know, and I have no desire and never will. So it's like, you know, I, I suppose for the people that that are in that scenario that get a, get a high off of breaking the law in that regard, you know, I, I guess it would change things for them. I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that.
1: I don't know what do you what do you, th- what do you think, Stephen? I think it. It's if, a tough. It's a tough subject on a Saturday morning. I realize this, but but it gets you. Well, just like, but hits when you, you in the face. But when you start thinking about the overdose deaths, overdose deaths. Now we've discussed drugs before. We've yes. discussed that. In, so in, so when you get into drugs, you have to automatically think about other things.
0: I think drugs are more, and I think it's because we've had the discussion that drugs, in my mind, are more cut and dry, because as we were saying before, there are so many people that are serving, like, life sentences at this point for selling, like, a dime bag of marijuana. You know, I don't even know if that's the right terminology for that, but still, like, <laughs> but they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to use that as, like, an example, but, I mean, there are people out there that serve, that are serving time, like, 25 years for just selling, like, A small pound of marijuana, which now in Colorado, you could go to any dispensary and get that for some, you know, small price. Yeah. And that that doesn't small price. It it doesn't seem right to me, though. It doesn't seem right that there's someone out there right now that is still in jail because they sold marijuana when they could travel six hours or seven hours from here by way of flight or however long it would take to get to Colorado and be
1: fine. I got to tell you, I didn't expect to get into this discussion. But I'm glad we did. Um, sorry that I maybe not a... no one else is, <laughs> but but it, it, I think of things like this. I'm sorry
0: that I'm not an enraged criminal, by the way. And I and I said a dime piece of marijuana,
1: <laughs> a dime piece.
0: I just I wanted. I to have sound, no
1: idea. What I it. wanted
0: to sound cool, and somebody listening is like, "You're an idiot, John." You could be an idiot. Ain't on nobody, that term. Ain't nobody selling no dime pieces of marijuana.
1: Oh, we don't have to worry about that. I, I just, I, you know, this kind of, you know how this show morphs? Yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to talk about the overdose deaths. And it kind of dovetailed into the fact that many states are decriminalizing prostitution now. And so it dovetailed into the whole thing. What, What do we legalize and what do we don't? I think you take it all away. And you let people make decisions for themselves what they want to do with their lives without being criminals with it, especially in things that aren't working now. They're not working now.
0: I I, I only bring this up because I know it's been a big point of contention with a lot of people, but if you're going to legalize prostitution, then what do you say to those that are in situations of wanting to have an abortion that we've had recently, discussions of rape and incest and things like that? What happens in that case? Because there are some states that are trying to take that all away. Yeah. So what do you say
1: to that? Because where does that fall? Use, I mean, again, you just... Use contraceptive. Don't make abortion contraceptive.
0: Because, I mean, as you said, it should be a person's choice to do what they want to with their life, right?
1: Not, yeah, with their life. But not with their life of someone else. Okay. You can't choose what's right for someone else's life. That's not your place. You choose what's right for your life. Okay. And in the fact of this, this is another life that you created. Okay. Does that make sense? In my mind? Yeah. In In my mind.
0: Yeah. I think that's where we differ, but yeah. All right. All right. I just had to bring that up. I think it's a good question. Yeah, it is a great question. These are great questions. See? It's too much for me on a Saturday morning. <laughs> I know. I need to go have a drink. Uh, <laughs> Thank God it's legal.
1: Stay tuned. The week that was, we'll continue. We're going to talk about the wall, the barrier, and, a, and how private citizens are making it happen. We're going to talk with Jennifer Lawrence of We Build the Wall right after we come back, right after news and sports. Our number three of the week that was. It is 71 degrees outside, and as promised, what started out as a GoFundMe project to help our government fund a border barrier between the U.S. and Mexico has really turned into a comprehensive private endeavor that is actually now building the wall. As a dream of U.S. Air Force veteran Brian Colfage actually became a reality this week as approximately two miles of the barrier, one that is almost exactly the specifications that President Trump has asked for and desires, was built on private land near El Paso in one of the busiest areas of border crossings and drug uh, smuggling. It is now nearing its completion. Uh, the project has raised over $22 million this, thus far and has taken the project to a whole nother level. And we are joined now with uh, or by Jennifer Lawrence. She is the national spokesperson and communications director of We Build the Wall. And, Jennifer, thank you so much for getting up. I know you're on the West Coast. (laughs) I appreciate you getting up early. Um, I know you're busy. I know this is a big story. And I can't thank you enough for being with us.
3: Well, we can't thank you enough for giving us this platform to tell everybody about the amazing news. Because it really was such an amazing and amazing event this weekend. And uh, I'm really glad to talk to you. So thanks for having me on.
2: Let's go
1: back to the beginning, Jennifer. Um mm-hmm. why and how did it all begin and did Brian ever believe it would get to this point
3: Yeah, so, you know, back in December, about two weeks before Christmas, Brian was sitting at home and uh, watching, as all of us were, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the Democrats in Congress doing all they could to attack President Trump, to stop President Trump, and to stop this border wall. Um, And he got aggravated, and he, you know, called us and said, you know, I'm going to start this GoFundMe. And we're like, all right, you know. It'll raise some money, but we never thought it was going to raise $20 million in 10 days. I mean, there's political groups and and groups all over this country that would love to raise $20 million in 10 days. Um, But that goes to show the resolve that there was for this border wall. Um, And once we raised that money, um, we were getting messages. You know, we, we got donations from Democrats and Republicans, and they all wrote that they didn't trust. That if we gave this money to the government, that they were actually going to use it for what they said they were going to use it for.
1: But they trusted so we, Brian and you and all of you to do it.
3: Yeah, that's because,
1: pretty you know, amazing.
3: That's, that's the American resolve, and I think that that's what we're showing here is the true American grit is coming back. Um, for so long, we 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 stood by our politicians blindly, thinking that they were in D.C. to you know do what's best for us. And unfortunately, we realized that not all of them were. And uh, a lot of politicians, you know, they go to D.C., they become part of the good old boys club, they get invited to their dinners, and they forget why they're there. Mm. And they forget that we, the people, are the ones who elected them to be there, to be there to speak on our behalf, and not just to speak on their behalf in their own pocketbooks. And uh that's what we're doing. We're speaking on behalf of the American people, and the American people wanted a wall, and we gave them a wall.
1: Yeah, and you actually, I, I have seen pictures of it. It is beautiful. It's a slats. It's a whole thing that we have seen. and, and how, uh, So how has this grown from its original mission to where it is now?
3: Yeah, so like I said, once we raised that money, we were getting messages, and we decided to create the 501C4. Um, we brought Steve Bannon in. I'm a former Breitbart reporter during the 2016 election. Um, and so is Dustin Stockton. So we got a hold of Steve and we let him know what was going on. And, uh, we all got together and we created this, this movement. It truly is a movement. It truly is something that the American people can get behind because this really changes the way government works. You know, if we can, if we the people can fund our own projects and, and what we think are important, then, then that's what we need to do because there are so many things in this country that need attention that our politicians have ignored.
1: That's a great point. And so you've had hurdles, and this started out <laughs> this started out as a GoFundMe, and it 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 moved into actually taking that money, hiring architects, hiring builders, and building it. And and that's what truly blows me away. But you've had hurdles from. The government, to local and national government activists, groups, and media, everybody. So, how have you overcome these things?
3: You know, we just keep pushing because we get messages from you know people in South Dakota saying, you know, this is my twenty dollars extra for the month, but I'm giving it because I believe in America and I want to save this country, and that's the that's what keeps us going. It's it's not you know the mainstream media came out when we raised that money. And, and lied and said that GoFundMe shut us down and that we weren't even operating, which was a complete lie, thanks to the liberal media for once again lying. Um, you know, And but when we get those messages from, you know, the grandma is saying, like, this is my extra $10 for the month, but I want to save my grandkids, that's what keeps us going. And we fought, and, you know, even even up until when we were ha- we had 80% of the wall done, um, we started on Friday night, uh, Memorial Day weekend, and Tuesday morning, the government of Sunland Park, New Mexico, the city government, realized what we were doing and issued a stop work permit. Um, and they came in and told us we had to stop working. And thank God we have a really good legal team. Um, because they went in and, and showed them that they actually didn't even have jurisdiction to do that, um, and they knew they didn't have jurisdiction, and they came out and they said, "Oh well, you know, we're going to have to reissue the work permits because we weren't allowed to do that." But they were willing to put that on the line just to stop this project, just to stop that wall from going up. But nothing's going to stop us, and we're going to keep going. And we, this this section of wall is costing us between six to eight million. And we have 23 million, so we are going to continue to be putting up wall and, and protecting the American people
1: now let's let's get into this exactly, because I know that the cost of you doing it versus the government is is almost like a third of what the government said they have to pay per mile. Correct?: Yes. Why is that? And, and explain that it's like six what is it like six million to build two miles and the government says like it's 24 million?
3: Yeah so we actually the, our wall in El Paso is a half a mile.
1: Okay. Um,
3: and it, it did cost 68 million but with the government they have to pay um, there's a lot of things that go into it um, and prevailing wage is one uh if if the government hires workers they have to pay a very very high wage um and it's not right you know if we the people are donating our money and and giving it to the government in hopes of you know making this place better um i don't think that they should take advantage of us the way they do and we were able to hire fisher industries um tommy fisher and his amazing contractor and what he was able to do in three or to four days was absolutely mind blowing even to us. Um, the rate that that wall went up um was absolutely i mean I'm still in shock. I really am no um even though
1: <laughs> oh go ahead. go ahead i i am I, I wanted to get into this you chose you went around the border or Brian did or whoever, and mm-hmm. why did you chose this this is one of the busiest drug smuggling routes. And, and the easiest area to cross, um, this is why you chose this section, correct?
3: Yeah. So this is, this is known across the border as one of the most highly trafficked areas. Um, but it's also, um, it's like a luxury uh, to go through this area. You actually pay more to the coyotes to close in the El Paso sector than you do in any other sector along the border. Um, and where we were is Monument One, where New Mexico, Mexico, and Texas all come together. And this is where thousands of people, right on the other side of Mount Cristo Rey, where we built the wall, um, this weekend, thousands of people were caught. Thousands. And I mean, we have to understand and realize that, you know, there, the amount of illegal immigrants crossing into this country is larger than some small towns in the United States. And and that's scary. And the the mainstream media is not reporting this. Yeah. And and
1: and, and the thing about oh. it is Jennifer and I'm going to the <clears throat> a lot of people are making this out that that you, me, anyone who wants orderly immigration is heartless. And and I'm not none of us are saying we don't want immigration. We want it done properly.
3: You know, I would actually venture to say that the Democrats are heartless. They are incentivizing people to come here to make the perilous journey to Mexico. I mean, this is not an easy journey that these people are making. Um, and when they get to our border, you know, women are being raped. Children are being stolen from their families just so they could be used to get across the border. Because if you show up with a child, you're more likely to get asylum than if you don't show up with a child. And this is, this is what's really scary, is that if a poor migrant can exploit our border, a well-funded terrorist organization can really exploit our border. And yesterday, there was um, three people caught in, uh, in El Paso and six caught in Juarez, African migrants who tested positive for Ebola. And this is what we have to realize. It is not just for migrants coming into our country over this border. There are people who have nefarious purposes who are exploiting our border. And when we have terrorist organizations such as al-Qaeda and ISIS and and MS-13, we can't have a porous open border where we don't know who's coming across that border. We need to know who's entering this country, and we need to know it's for the protection of us. Now, if I go to some some of these countries that these people are coming from, I have to get a series of shots before I enter that country because there are diseases and sicknesses that I'm not exposed to in the United States. Yet, when they're coming to our border, they're not even getting medically screened half the time. They're just given a court date for six years down the line, and I'm sure they're going to show up. and, and they're put into the mainstream population of the United States. And a lot of times they're given a $1,500 EBT card. And they are asked where they would like to go. Um, and this is what's happening. This is the truth of what's happening on the border. And the Democrats, through sanctuary cities, are saying, you know, if you get to the United States, if you get across that border, please come to our city. We'll make sure ICE doesn't ask you your immigration status and you could go about your life living illegally in the United States. Yeah, that's that's
1: disgusting. So, what's next for We Build the Wall? I've we're going gotta...
3: to continue to build. <laughs> we we have uh, we have sections all along the border where um, we're ready to go up and put up some wall and support President Trump in any any way possible. Um, if the Democrats are going to stop him uh, through uh, laws and other things like that, we don't have to adhere to that because we're building on private land with private money, and there's nothing they can do about it.
1: And how can people help? How can people donate, Jennifer?
3: Yeah, so if you go to, we still have the GoFundMe, GoFundMe dot com slash the Trump Wall, or you could go to any of our social media properties, We Built the Wall, or WeBuiltTheWall.us. dot us. We have links in there, um, and we are actually using the money for what we're saying we're using the money for, and we prove that. And it, you're right, there is a big, beautiful wall in El, pa- on the El Paso sector right now, and we're going to keep going, and we're not going to stop, and we're not going to be intimidated no matter how much the Democrats and the liberal media try to stop us. We're going to keep going because we know we have the support of the American people.
1: Yeah, and and again, this this is liberal media. This is Democrats. It's also some Republicans. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, yeah, we're not only fighting the other side. We have to fight our own side.
1: Yeah. So uh, God bless you, Jennifer, and, and uh, th- this is amazing. It's a testament to the... To the strength and what what we can do as citizens and people can go to we build the wall um, dot us dot us and uh, once you're there I'm sure you'll find everything I want to give people a simple way to go but we build the wall all one word dot us and you could go there and you could look and see and you could donate ten dollars fifteen dollars they're actually putting the money to work folks and Jennifer, I wish you the best, and uh, we'll have you back as things keep going, I hope.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, and we really appreciate everyone donating and continue to donate because we're really sending a message to D.C. uh, that we're not going to put up with this anymore, and we, the people, are going to stand up and take our country back.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer Lawrence. Take care.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Bye. You know, when we uh, get into summer, It's never too early to start thinking about wishes can happen. The local organization provides hope and rest and joy, uh, for critically ill children in this area and their families. And there is an event coming up tomorrow. It's called pack the lot, uh, $10 per vehicle gets you in, uh, How many people you park into that car, you can. Uh, $10 for the car to come into the lot. There's going to be family-friendly activities, food trucks and prizes. It goes from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Vanderveer on Vernon Oldham Boulevard in Akron. Now, the reason I bring all this up is the proceeds from this benefit wishes can happen. And it's never too early to start giving. So if you want to have some fun and help, wishes can happen. There's an event at Vanderveer on uh, Vernon Odom Boulevard in Akron. Uh, Pack the lot. $10, get your entire family into the event. I wanted to bring that up because this is... uh, Obviously, wishes can happen as near and dear to all of our hearts. I have some stories. Uh, I I don't often agree with Meryl Streep, but she said something the other day that, that I do agree with strongly, and it, it fits into my philosophy of things. And whether it does or not, that doesn't matter. But she says uh, she was talking about the term toxic masculinity, and, which is a bizarre term for me. And she said she was interviewed by that, and she was talking about it, and she said, sometimes I think we were hurt. We hurt our boys by calling something toxic masculinity. She said, and I don't find that putting those two words together do any good, because women can be pretty blank toxic also. And she said, it's toxic people. That we're worried about. We have all have good angles. We all have bad ones. And then she added that she thinks labels. How often have we talked about that on this show? Labels can be less helpful than direct communication when calling out detrimental behavior. Thank God. It's so true. She went on to say that we're all in the boat together. We've got to make it work. I agree with Miss Streep about that. The National Spelling Bee ran out of words. Can you believe that? How do they run out of words? They literally said they ran out of words. They said we threw the dictionary at them. And eight children, eight young people, finally tied for the championship championship. In the scripts, Spelling Bee, National Spelling Bee. First time it's ever happened. Eight people tied. They finally gave up. They gave all eight people uh, $50,000 cash, and they all gave them the cup that goes along with it. So each one won. you think they'd come up with something. To break a tie. Even the NFL has come up with that. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Make them run a mile or something and then spell a word. <laughs> I don't know. Do something. But eight people, won. congratulations to all eight of them. I um, MTV has come up with the most bizarre dating show possible. They have a dating show called Are You the One?, And it's been, I guess, going on for a while. So in this, what happened? 16 singles traveled to Hawaii in hopes of finding their perfect match and splitting the $1 million cash prize. But this year what they're doing is all 16 people are identified as sexually fluid. (laughs) Forgive me. is this going to complicate it? So you think you find your match, but the next day you change your mind. This could go on forever. So in an effort to be politically correct, MTV has developed this dating thing where you find your perfect match, but they're going to do it with 16 sexually fu- fluid individuals. And I'm speechless. Here's another one. John Rambo is back. Sylvester Stallone is, they just revealed the trailer for his new and last Rambo. This is called Rambo 5, Last Blood. What? Are they going to chase him through the old folks home or what? Here's the plot that I think. I haven't seen the trailer. But the plot is going to center around Rambo, who is now dealing with arthritis in nearly every joint in his body from the injuries and the broken bones. He has just healed from his second hip replacement and has bad knees. And in spite of this, he is going to be able to track down five young men who have been stealing apples from a local orchard. Now, I, I think it takes place like this. His cane has now replaced rocket launchers, heavy machine guns. So he has a cane. In one scene, I could picture it. In one scene, Rambo is surrounded by by a group of 13-year-olds with rotten apples in the orchard, out in the orchard all by himself. And, and they're, they're surrounding him, and they're throwing rotten apples at him to chase him out of the orchard where they are stealing the apples. Despite being hit multiple times, he is able to ward off the attack and escape to his bed for a nap. I think that's what's going to happen. Does he escape using a walker or a yeah. wheelchair? <laughs> no, he's got his cane. He's got his cane. Here's another story real quick. There is a bar in San Francisco. Seriously, folks. These are these are not made up. There's a bar in San Francisco that is allowing rats. It's rat Infested. It's called the Rat Bar, where rats run free and booze flows like water. The, the project is by a group that, that has a, another bar called the San Francisco Dungeon and Fisherman's Wharf, where they have a haunted house like Now, I would like that. I think that'd be fun. But this is called the Rat Bar. And you go in, and I saw pictures of it. And you go in, and there's there's going to be rats everywhere. They're crawling on the bar. They're every place. And you just deal. You just pet the rats, deal with the rats, the entire thing. And that's actually uh, on Jefferson Street. You can make reservations. You can go in and hang out there. Unbelievable. I've got other stories. We've got our contest, though. And I'm going to tell you about the... The toilet incident. We have to get to that. Should we do it now? I'm going to do it now. All right, here's what's happened in Florida. Florida police said a 52-year-old Coral Springs man had gone to the bathroom early Sunday morning. When he lifted up the toilet seat, a four-foot snake rose up and bit him. Now, can you imagine opening up your toilet seat and a snake springs out of the toilet and bites you? That happened in Florida. It's everyone's worst nightmare. He was bitten on the arm. It was a ball python. And it came out of his plumbing and bit him. I have my toilet seat up all the time after that. That's it. The lid. That's done. But you think that's bad? The Python had the rain in Florida for a while, it was big news. But then later on in the week, police were called early in the morning, a little bit later on in the week, to a Clearwater, Florida residence after a homeowner. Reported that an 11-foot alligator broke into his condo via a lower-level window. He broke through the window at 3 a.m. The home invader was corralled and taked out. taken out, but this 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 alligator broke through the window and was in this home's kitchen. 11 feet long wow came out of a large lake came into his home makes you think about Florida <laughs> Clearwater, water and Coral Springs wow when we come back we'll get into our contest and it's a music one it's the Beach Boys you're going to hear music stay tuned i don't think i'm going to get a lot of calls on this because people don't want to listen to the music and try and guess but we'll see what's your name please
3: hi my name is chris
1: chris how are you chris i'm good how are you i'm great are you ready did you get the answers i do okay so you know the beach boys oh yes absolutely okay so here you go i'm going to play the first song and you tell me what's the name of this song What is it? Fun, fun, fun. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's a second one, Chris. I'm getting bugged driving up and down the same old strip. I gotta find a new place where the kids are hip. What is it? I get around. Yes. You want to finish the song? No, it's oh. not about me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about me. What is it?
3: Surfing Safari.
1: Yes. You are good. <laughs> Next week, Chris, in case you want to try, I'm going to do Montevani. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, Chris, what you want is a four-pack of vouchers to the Akron Rubber Ducks. You could use it any time you want. Pick a great day. Take three other people and go enjoy the Akron Rubber Ducks up in Canal Park. Awesome. That's so, what a, I'm going to do. Beautiful park. Yeah, it is. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, Stephen is going to get all your information. And okay. then you could come in this week and pick up your vouchers.
3: All right. Very good. Thank you.
1: Congratulations. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. All right. She won. I have another story. Uh, a principal in Parkersburg, West Virginia, gave a graduation speech to the senior class at the high school graduation ceremony, May 23rd. Unfortunately, he plagiarized an entire speech given by Ashton Kutcher in 2013 at the Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Award. (laughs) Ah, So he was called out by students. And he had to apologize. It's a big deal. It's been seen on YouTube a ton. If he was going to plagiarize a speech, at least copy one from some obscure person to those teenagers, like Washington, Lincoln, Gandhi. Not Ashton Kusher. Everybody knows him. Have a great week, everybody. Make something great happen. And uh, enjoy Be careful of thunderstorms today, but enjoy your week. I'll talk to you next Saturday. Stay tuned.